You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And we are live in Fargo on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live, and I'm Dr. Ryan Sappo. I'm with Jack Kennelly this morning. I'm the backup brigade here for his wife, Doreen. And uh, we're hoping Doreen is listening because I've, I've got a joke, and I'm going to stay safe with this one because it's an oldie but a goodie. You ready for this, Jack? Sure. All right. Why did the Scarecrow win Employee of the Month? Um, I don't know, Monsignor. What do you, you got an answer for that one? Uh, Scarecrow. Because it's because he was outstanding in his field. Oh yeah, that is an old. That is an old one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Okay, okay. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Keep telling them we need to have a laugh track for this yeah, program. Oh, it would it would just be the game show loser, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, there like, you go. I mean, it would just be like so bad. Okay, well, so bad. Okay, I was well. thinking of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> right. Well, let me introduce you, Monsignor. Then you can right. you can do it with a little more specificity. We're talking right. with Monsignor Brian Donahue of the Diocese of Fargo, and he is uh, currently at uh, Hankinson, North Dakota. I forget the name of the parish, and I'm sure you've probably got some other satellite parishes that you're also working with, but we're going to be talking about your time as an Army chaplain and uh, maybe even talk a little bit about what it was like to be uh, in combat, because I know you're in combat. And uh, mm -hmm. also, uh, Monsignor and I go way back, because when I was an adult, or no, when I was a student, uh, yeah. We were in Boy Scouts together How at St. Anthony's Parish wow. Troop 211. There we go. Yeah. Troop 211. <laughs> and I'm sure that he, the that uh, the leadership skills that he learned as a scout were certainly put to good use when he was in the Army. But Monsignor, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself other than you were a Boy Scout at St. Anthony's? I mean, that's the only thing that really matters, honestly. But, yeah, that's great. Well, I, I was 12 at the time. I don't know how... <laughs> He seemed pretty big to me. Yeah. I think I was 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, so about myself, I'm uh, from originally from Fargo, North Dakota, born in Moorhead, but uh, grew up in Fargo, and a uh, family of 10 children, seven boys, three girls. Uh, parents, uh, obviously, we all lived in Fargo. My dad worked uh, for Midwest Motor Express. He had the downtown oh. route. Downtown Fargo, and uh, see, I'm third from the youngest, and I'm 67, so <laughs> I have an idea about our ages. And what else? I went to uh, school in Fargo, then graduated from there. Graduated from uh, Cardinal Minch. Uh, worked in television before that as a professional photographer, and uh, and then went into seminary work and. Finished at Mount St. Mary's in Emmitsburg, ordained in 1983. I was uh, assigned to Valley City, uh, North Dakota. It was a great assignment for three years. And two years at uh, St. Michael's in Grand Forks. And then 14 years at Cardinal Minch in Fargo. And then I went to work for Bishop Aquila as a vicar general, moderator of the Curia, vicar for clergy. And then uh, was in that for two years. And then I said, I. Then I went off to war to get out of the job. <laughs> I uh, I started my uh, career with the Army in uh, February 2nd of 1987, 
and started with the North Dakota Army National Guard. I was with them for 20 years. And then had about seven and a half years of active duty time. And uh, what else about that? I, I originally was in in high school. I was at uh, at South High, and I was in the Air Force ROTC then and loved it. And I originally wanted to become an Air Force chaplain. And uh, when I was in, in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and Bishop Driscoll at the time was visiting, and he said, no, not till you get ordained. I said, okay. And then I got ordained, and I talked to him. He said, forget it. I own you now. <laughs> oh, that's great. Then he died. <laughs> uh, and Bishop Sullivan let me go in the Army, but in the start out in the Army Guard. So that was great, and it was a great time. Um, so the the title of this uh, of this segment was A Call Within a Call, and I'm really curious about that. I, I want to know yeah. like, how you first heard, like, okay, how, how did you start, like, get get interested in the military? How did you get involved? Like, yeah. what was what was the genesis mm-hmm. of that? Well, the genesis was uh, my father was in World War II. He was stateside, but then I had three brothers in Vietnam, two in the Army, one in the Marines, and and one of the Marines was wounded seriously twice. He's still living and golfing in Florida now. Mm. But uh, so I really tracked, as a family, we tracked the Vietnam War very closely, a map of it in our dining room and pins in the map and stuff. And I always had a sense of, uh, I don't know, even before I was thinking of seminary, a sense of caring for soldiers. And uh, uh, <clears throat> so when I, I, and plus in the high school, I was in the Air Force ROTC. And then when I was in in uh, theology studies in Maryland, and interested in the Air Force, but in the fall of 79 or 80, I forget which, but... Uh, I had this vivid dream one night, just vivid, and uh, I was in the military, but I was not in the military. I mean, I was not in the Air Force. I was in the Army, which is really weird because I didn't thought about that. And then I, in the dream, I was an Army chaplain, and I was in the desert during a time of war. And uh, when I woke up, I thought, well, that was strange. And, and I didn't know that years later it was going to happen. And in the dream that I had, I was wearing this this uniform that I'd never seen before. And here, that's the exact uniform I wore to Iraq. <laughs> How many years later is that? I don't know. Well, 30 years later or something, or 25? And so that that's, that was really, in a sense of, for, uh, uh, I guess you could call it a, a prophetic dream. And it played out exactly as it did in the dream. So, so I... Yeah, and it, it is a, being military chaplain, it is a call when it's a call. You really have to, uh, I think, feel called to it. What is it? I, I mean, it's got to be a, a different exercise of your priesthood. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah. can you talk about that a little bit versus, you know, we're sure. all kind of somewhat familiar with, you know, our parish priests and, you know, kind of what they might be doing on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. but... What's mm-hmm. it like being a chaplain, particularly in combat? I suppose if you have stories you yeah. want to share with us on that, we'd be happy to hear those. Uh, I, I was. Uh, <clears throat> oh, where do you want to start on that? First of all, uh, to be a chaplain, you know, I, I uh, it is different than being a diocesan priest. You know, a priest in the army, but it's also they call chaplain. It means I minister to all different denominations whatever unit I belong to, 
and I was working for the commander. It was his religious program, his or her religious program, and I was the advisor to the commander as the chaplain on the morale of the unit, and then uh, and then I took care of a specific faith group of being Catholic. Of course, I had mass and her confessions and things like that. But I also was a staff officer, advisor to the commander, and that. Uh, so in that sense, you have a. It's a different way of ministry. It's it's not just parochial in a church community or just Catholic. Uh, obviously, it is. I'm a Catholic priest, but I am ministering to all faith groups and even non-faith, atheists, agnostics, whatever, whoever's in my unit and uh, or my area of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh, uh, is there a break coming up? No, keep going. Okay, I'll I'll cut uh, you off when that happens. <laughs> okay, good. Thank Jack, you. <laughs> Jack runs a tight ship, Monsignor. You'll you'll be he taken does. care of today. That's a good thing. <laughs> uh, my first uh, <clears throat> deployment, I was in Honduras for a little while with the task force for the North Dakota Guard. Lived in the jungle there, and that was my first experience of uh, uh, threat, I guess, that I did. I wasn't even aware of until it happened, and then found out that uh, uh, Sandinista had set up an <laughs> ambush for me, but we survived it. And that was my first uh, exposure to that there might be people out, people out there who don't like me. <laughs> well, m- my understanding, and I think it was uh, you told this to me, or maybe you had told it to Doreen at one time, just in visiting that uh, mm-hmm. in combat, they uh, they suggest that you kind of mute the cross that you might have wear on, yes. your, on your uniform because yeah. they target, you know, once you, you, you yeah. shoot the chaplain, you take away their God kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, and it, it of course depends on your mission. My mission in Iraq, I was uh, went with infantry out of Texas, and and then uh, I, being a priest, I had a, a area coverage up in northeast Iraq, and my home base was Tikrit, Saddam's hometown, and then I covered up uh, special objectives and in, in other places. I had uh, ten different places I covered every fourteen days. And then I was uh, chaplain for the uh, scouts, infantry scouts, snipers, and rangers, and and I was the I was the driver. When you see those gun trucks on TV, I was the only officer who was the driver, and uh, uh, got certified in it. And so I was the gun truck driver because the uh, type of unit I was with and the type of things we did, you know, I was out outside the wire a lot, which is not necessarily common for chaplains. And, on the road a lot, and so we were, I, I always refer to it, we, we were busy a lot, you know, <laughs> combat situations, and so they needed my bodyguard, I had a free bodyguard, they needed him freed up with this weapon, so I, I was the driver of the gun truck since I didn't carry a weapon, and uh, they, uh, when, when I first got there, after about a week, they had me meet with uh, another chaplain who was leaving, and he was one that briefed me on my status there. That, uh, that Al Qaeda already knew I was there, and they knew who my knew me by name. And he said, "And pretty soon they're going to have all your travel plans, even though they're secret." And uh, and he said, "And there's a hundred fifty thousand dollar reward out for you to be captured or killed." Hmm. As I said, I said, well, "I want to make up my own posters." 
<laughs> I can't imagine what that what that mugshot would look like. Amazing. I want if you want posters put out that says they're worth at least a million. And the army the army didn't think that was funny. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Well, you uh, just passed so I, up Ryan as far as the humor is concerned. Yeah, no, you already won that competition. No doubt about it. We are on the phone right now with Monsignor Brian Donahue from the Diocese of Fargo. He's telling, about, telling us about his time as an Army chaplain. We're going to take a quick break, Monsignor, and then on the other side of the break, we got a whole bunch of questions about, specifically, you went into active service, you transferred out of the reti- into the retired reserves, and then you transferred out of that and back into active duty. we got a lot of questions yeah. on the other side of the break. Sure. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. In addition to eye exams for children and adults, Lumen Vision provides custom contact lens services for patients with keratoconus, severe dry eyes, and hard-to-fit prescriptions. These specialty contact lenses can be made for single vision, astigmatism, and multifocal prescriptions. For more information about Lumen Vision's contact lens services, our website is www.lumen.vision. The the very day that uh, I was appointed as bishop, uh, I came over to the studio and and, uh, had an interview with you, and and so that was my first introduction to Real Presence. It's It's been part of my life as a bishop from the very beginning. And I felt, you know, from that very, very first time that uh, we talked uh, on the air, I, I felt like I already was being introduced to the faithful of our diocese and to this whole area, which which is a great thing because, you know, one of the, the challenges for a new bishop, an old bishop, any bishop, is to um, have contact with his people and to be a part of their lives in some way. And Real Presence Radio from the first day has helped me to do that. I really feel like I have a way to to reach the lives of our Catholic faithful and others as well who just happen to be listening. And and that's a real blessing because in a diocese as large as ours, area-wise, it's, it's hard to get around to every place. And um, I traveled all the parishes as much as I can, and, and yet this is a way that I can reach people that otherwise perhaps I wouldn't be able to visit with. And they get a chance to hear what's on my mind and and uh, through different events that I've participated in on the air, I've heard some of their questions too, which has been a lot of fun. So it's it really is a blessing to me. I, I feel very fortunate that this this network is so alive and so vibrant in, in our diocese and really in this whole Northern Plains area. It's wonderful. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. We're live in Fargo. This is Real Presence Live, and I'm Ryan Sappo. I'm with Jack Kennelly in studio, and we're on the phone right now with Monsignor Brian Donahue of the Diocese of Fargo. Uh, he's talking to us about his time as an Army chaplain, a call within a call. And uh, Monsignor, we were talking over the break, and I've got a lot of questions about this. Um, you were you were in active service, and then you went mm-hmm. and transferred out of the retired reserves back into active duty. What was the story there? How'd that yes. come about? Well, when I came back from Iraq and everything in 2006, I 
uh, a few months later, I reached 20 years with the Army Guard, and uh, you know, at that point, the bishop wanted me to get out, and which is appropriate because 20 years, he, he was uh, very gracious. He could say, "Then you have, uh, you know, your VA benefits, and you have all the benefits." Uh, full 20 years of service, which is good. And then I was in uh, Wild Rice, St. Benedict's, and Kindred, St. Morris for two years, 2006-2008. And in June of 2008, I left and went back to the Army, uh, this time as a, re- uh, what do they call it, active duty retired, uh, retired active duty. And uh, I was originally going to go back with Texas, but... Uh, Texas is not the best at their paperwork and getting all that work out. <laughs> so North Dakota is great. <laughs> and uh, But uh, so things got a little mixed up for a while, and then uh, the Pentagon took over directly. And um, I had been training to head back to Iraq. I was, I was excited to go back because this time I was going to be in southern Iraq between Baghdad and Kuwait. And I'd been there one time in 2005 uh, for like 23 hours, and I called it Disneyland because it was down south, and it was it wasn't exactly the same as being in a com- heavy combat up north. <laughs> and so that's where I was supposed to go to the second time. I said, "Oh, I'm going to Disneyland. I'll give me a year a year tax free money," and <laughs> pretty excited. <laughs> so I finished the training, and we get we call get recertified to go back to war. And, all my stuff, clothes and supplies, got on the ship, and the ship took off for Iraq. And the Pentagon called one day, and he said, uh, how set are you going back to Iraq? I said, well, I'm all trained up, certified with the unit. They said, well, your orders are changed. You're going to the, uh, West Point. Hmm. <laughs> wow. What to say? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> all my stuff is over in Iraq right now. Right. So they had to, it took a while, it took about six months to get it back, but I uh, went to West Point and I was there for five years, and uh, that was a great experience, really, to experience a whole different side of the Army. We always say in the Army, well, it's not really like the Army, it's its own beast, and uh, but it's a place where history is made every day. I mean, it's just amazing. You know, I have to call as far as seminaries go, college seminaries, I... Uh, West Point, to me, is probably the greatest place of human formation in the world because they take young men and women in at, uh, you know, 17, 18, and four years later they come out with a degree and they can lead people into combat. They can uh, initially they'll sign for maybe, you know, a million dollars worth of equipment. Now they own it and they're responsible for it and they're responsible for X number of people. And uh, and a lot of times nowadays they they aren't here too long and they're off in combat and leading a platoon or whatever squad platoon. So to me, it's just amazing how those kids—I call them my kids—the uh, development and the growth and what they learn and end up being at the end of four years is just amazing to me. Yeah, you know, they're the best of the best. And, and as far as human formation, I mean, the West Point has got it down. <laughs> they know how to do it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really impressed with, with you, West Point, and I was there for five years. Did you have to relearn how to 
uh, spit sign your shoes uh, while you on <laughs> well, campus? Well, yeah, that was the, the nice thing was I was retired, active duty retired, and I was a major because Bishop Sullivan uh, put a kibosh on going to any more schooling so I couldn't get promoted, so the Army said I could stay a major. Well, uh, I was told by then that, and I've been a major for so long, that you, your rank goes by, if, so if you're a major, someone else is a major, who outranks who? Well, it goes by your date of rank. Well, a lot of the guys that were majors on West Point at the time weren't even born when I was first made a major. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I outranked all of them, sure. unless they were major promotable. <laughs> so, but it, yeah, I, I just, uh, it was, I learned a lot there, too. Had a lot of experiences and uh, some tough times. You know, there were guys that uh, I got to know, as, you know, my kids, as I call them, and uh, a lot of Catholic. They were very active in their Catholic faith, and some of them I watched them graduate and everything, and go back. And then uh, a while later, I'm receiving their body back at West Point and having their funeral because they're uh, killed in combat. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's that's always tough to see them. Uh, you know, the prime of their their youth and uh, highly trained and highly motivated and the best of the best. And then uh, they give up their life. That's for sure. When you when you are in uh, the combat arena, if yeah. you will, uh, yeah. did did you have any uh, particular uh, way of helping to prepare these guys go into combat? Oh yeah, yeah. I would. I mean, I I'm meeting with guys all along men and women, but the <clears throat> type of unit I was in the combat with was all, all male. It was infantry, and and then the scouts are all male, and uh, so on. But, uh, yeah, you're meeting with them on the way in. You're, as you're, you're training with them every day as you get ready to go to war and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, mm-hmm. so a, lot of, a lot of stuff comes up. And, uh, and then, like I say, I'm, I'm the chaplain to all faith groups, doesn't matter who it is. Right, that had to be a and particular then, challenge. Yeah, it is, and it isn't. You know, it's uh, thankfully being Catholic priest. You're not only trained in theology; you're trained in philosophy and how people reason. The, you know, the grace builds on nature, mm-hmm. and so uh, in that way. But but it's uh, and then you have your your you know your role as uh, specifically as a Catholic priest. So a lot of confessions. A lot of confessions, and then did some baptisms and confirmations and things like that. So <clears throat> you're just moving along with the unit, and um, um, and so in combat, of course, it's different in that it's very focused. You don't have to worry about a lot of things other than what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in one way, it's easier. <laughs> We're on the phone with Monsignor Brian Donahue on Real Presence Live. He's talking about his time as an Army chaplain. And, uh, Monsignor, I'm curious about how this experience, I mean, you've had a lot of different experiences in your ministry. Like, how has this impacted your spiritual life personally? Oh, deeply. I mean, this along with a number of other things, you know, uh, dealing with, um, you know, when you, uh, especially going through combat. I remember before I 
left Kuwait and went into Iraq, a, a, a priest who was coming out of Iraq, I met with him, and he was a great guy. I was going to confession, and then I asked him, I said, well, what should I, uh, what, sh- what should I expect? <laughs> and uh, he thought for a while, and he said, well, the good things about you will get a lot better, and the bad things about you get a lot worse. <laughs> and uh, it's really true in one sense, and then you have to work through all of it. And uh, so, I, and, and the Army helps, too, and the VA. I've very, been very involved with the VA. So I, I have gone through a lot of uh, uh, what they call combat PTSD therapy and stuff. It, it really works. It's amazing how it works, especially if you've been in heavy combat, because it just... Uh, you know, the Army's always, they've been studying PTSD since the Civil War. Yeah. And uh, they've come they've come to realize that with, when it comes to intense combat PTSD, that it can actually change your DNA. So learning to manage that and work with that has uh, been great for me. It's, it's really, I mean, you come into a whole new understanding of who is God, you know. Uh, not just what you learn in theology and not just what you grew up with, but all of a sudden, you're confronted with the reality of how do I understand? How do I understand God? Who is He to me? And that's that's very important, I think, for anyone. I, uh, I, anything else? I, I would think that uh, when you're in the combat situation, uh, you know, your own mortality, I think, would be very much oh, yeah. on your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention the mentality <laughs> of those the men that you're with yeah. and the women right, you're with. Right. Right. And that's what you're thinking about a lot of times, you know, especially like the type of mission I had. What you're thinking about a lot of times is you're on patrol or whatever. A mission you're thinking about getting from point A to point B. That's all you think about. And and how to stay alive and keep your keep your buddies alive. Mm-hmm. And that's all you think about. They asked us if we ever discussed politics during I said not once did that come yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got better things to More talk about. Things. Yeah. Better yeah. things to worry about well, than that. We got about a minute. We have a minute left, uh, Monsignor, before our hard break. Okay. Could you mention one highlight, and then also could you give us a quick blessing? Yes, please. Highlight one highlight. If there was any. Okay. Yeah, the highlight in all of this too is uh, coming to know the person of Jesus. Mm in a personal way and uh, that's the best thing ever Okay, develop that relationship with Jesus and we ask the Lord to bless all of you and bless all your families your loved ones and all your intentions the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit Amen Amen. Amen. Thank you you so much Monsignor Thank you Monsignor We've been talking with Monsignor Brian Donahue of the Diocese of Fargo and uh, he's currently living in Hankinson Hankinson, Hankinson Fairmount. Hankinson Fairmount, North Dakota. Well, yep. Thanks for being with us, Monsignor. And stay with us for more, right. more Presence Live. We're talking to Steve Weidenkopf to talk about a book that he wrote on church history.